1: Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Look, oh, that gets
2: me excited. And, of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the
1: series, you'll like football. Well, right? say
0: I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise <laughs> the Steelers. Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of SPT Overtime. I'm your host, Logan Congrove, and joining me today is a very special guest. He is the 1994 Heisman Trophy runner-up, 1995 Rose Bowl game MVP, a 2014 Rose Bowl game Hall of Famer, the number 10 all-time leading rusher at Penn State University, And most of all, 1995, number one overall NFL draft pick. And still to date, the most recent running back taken first overall. Joining me today is Kajana Carter. Kajana, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, Logan. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Thanks thanks for having me on. You know what? Hey, keep on going with those topics, man. You make me uh, rehash the pass and then make me put put a little spot on my face.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, you're a legend. (laughs) You're a legend. I really appreciate Uh, you joining us today. Uh, talking about your time at Penn State, some other cool stuff that you've done, and what you're up to now. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start off. My first question is: Growing up in Westerville, Ohio, who would you say pushed you to become the athlete that you became?
1: I say your father. Really? <laughs> 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 I had to put that little jab in because you know me and your dad grew up uh, grew up together. Um, probably uh, in sports, probably the uh, biggest. Probably myself. Um, it was one of those things where in football or anything, anything that I had success in or I did good in, I always felt like I could do better, or try to find something in my game that could have been better, or I could have, you know, got that extra yard or, um, you know, made that extra free throw, um, whatever it was. So it was one of those things with myself that I was never content on on the success I had in that game it's good to you know, relive it for a second, but then at the same time, it's something that I'd always know I should have been better. And that was something that was never, I mean, that's just something I think just came, came natural to me.
0: Absolutely. I know you did other sports in high school as well. What were some of the other sports that you played and were you successful in them?
1: Um. well, I grew up, um, playing all sports. Uh, once I started, I played football was my first sport I played and I, then we've got the middle, I played baseball, um, um and elementary times and then when i got to middle school i played football basketball and track and i didn't play baseball anymore because track kind of ran into the baseball season um so those are the three sports Um, on that success um yeah i mean like our um our four by one team uh, in high school we we, uh we were state runner-up uh my junior year i didn't run track my senior year um my high school basketball team we were um we were ranked, I think, all the way up to number two in the state. And then we finished like 22-2 and two and lost in the regional finals uh, my junior year. So I had well, I had some success, but it was um, great memories, though. More importantly, I had great memories.
0: For sure. So that brings me to another question that has to do with your basketball career. Is it true that you once scored a basket in a real game with your head?
1: No, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, who told you that? I I, I, I <laughs> think about that one.
0: My dad actually told me that. He said that in an actual OHSAA game, you scored a basket uh, with your head.
1: You know, I could, but I didn't. i <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't know if it was like deliberate. You know, like I, no. Nope. He said it may have been
0: a legend, but I had to confirm or deny it.
1: I can't. I can't confirm or deny that one. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I. I don't know that one. I really don't know. <laughs> that would be cool, though.
0: So a name I want to throw at you too. Uh, Tony Pusateri, your high school football coach at Westville South. Yes. how did he influence yep. you, and what are some of your biggest takeaways for playing for him?
1: Oh man, coaches, uh, he's like he's, he's like my, my he's my godfather. Uh, so um, we had a unique bond, a special bond. You no, know, with me coming, um, I was raised by a single mother, and when I got to high school, he just came came to the program um, either that year to maybe the year before uh, from Desales. Um, and you no, know, we just had a, um, my freshman, year, I didn't play football, but we just had a, um, the first time we met, we just had one of those bonds, um, that we got close to. And, um, now obviously, uh, from athletic standpoint, uh, the potential for me was there, um, you no, know, because I'll not to be arrogant, but you no, know, it always had a you know, yeah, absolutely. pretty absolutely, on everything I did, uh, coming up to then. So I'm sure that part was a little bit saying, Hey, you know, we have a, a potential a good football player, uh, and our grass. But, but from there, just from our ways of thinking, um, and then obviously the man and the character that he's about, um, you no, know, um, he was like a father figure to me and, and he would always, uh, he knew the situation my mom was going in cause she was a working mom and had two boys. And, um, you no, know, we were kind of not said we straight away or got in any trouble, but just know that, you no, know, we were home. So he would, pick me up, pick my brother up, me and my brother up and take me to the gym and go work out with him. I would go work out with him and at midnight, um, a lot of the times, because that's when he was able to, because he worked, uh, during the summer with his father They had a produce company. And, and that also helped me be able to play basketball and run and practice for track during the day. So now he's, um, no, very dear to my heart. And, um, you know, him and uh, I, call, I call Obama Poo, they're my godparents.
0: Absolutely. Great stories on that one. Um, sticking with the topic of Westerville South, what would you say is your most memorable game while playing football at South?
1: Most memorable? I'll probably say two. Probably number one is beating our rival, North. You no know, growing up, growing up Westerville North was always a uh, better sports program, better af- I don't say better athlete, but just you know, uh, better teams. And before I got to school there, I know South didn't beat them. And then, um know, a couple of times I was there young, we didn't. And then our senior year, we finally beat them. So, And then ever since then, we kind of, we, how well, I would say, we ruled the ville. <laughs> um, so I would say beating North was probably number one. And then number two, I was a little brother. I was, I was a little brother in the Big Brother Big Sisters program. Yeah. And my big brother was a uh, coach for Worthington, about okay. Worthington. My junior year kind of was kind of like my breakout year. We we played once in our um, homecoming game, and I had a good game, and we beat them by – I think they were going to try to do a field goal to tie the game, and we blocked it and to win the game. So I think those two are probably the most memorable. So
0: another thing about high school football, did you ever face any challenges trying to succeed at an early level?
1: Um, Challenges? I mean, that's a – yeah, I mean, like, no, when I – my it was actually my first – Game, my first team I ever played when Pee Wee football was the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> Coincidental. We, were, oh, and we, didn't, we didn't we didn't win a game. But oh, wow. At the same time I scored all our touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously, you no, know, from a individual standpoint, I've had success no matter what I've done. But obviously, team success is is important, and that's something that's though dear to me. And obviously, going into Penn State, that's one of the reasons why I went there because um, they had a very successful track record of winning. Absolutely. Now, at the same time, I wouldn't change my, my adolescent playing career for anything because all the relationships that I made, you know, playing football with my, with my buddies that are in my neighborhood to middle school, the guys I, I grew up with, elementary school and built friendships with, you know, we, we didn't have the best records on on paper, but the memories and uh, the friendships and and the camaraderie we had with each other, I wouldn't change that for nothing. So that's kind of like a double-edged sword question, right there. Absolutely. You know, granted, what I like, what I liked us to to be better. No, I'd love to have been able to have a chance to play in the playoffs and all that. Yes, that would have been awesome. But at the same time, you know, those guys, I still talk to guys I played with in high school and things like that. And you know, those are some things I'll never, I'll live with me for the rest of my life.
0: Another question I have for you is, tell me a little bit about your family.
1: My family, my my family, family, or my, like any family. You know, yeah, well, also obviously I was raised uh, a single mother. Uh, she raised two boys, me and my brother Nathan. Um, I was raised by a single mother, uh, Kathy Carter, and she raised two boys. I'm the oldest of two. I have a little brother named Nathan. He's a little brother, but he's seven years younger than me, so now he's like 41. But it would go to be 41, but 42, actually. It's so funny when you say little. Um, so I, that's my, my family growing up, and then now I'm married, um, have a wife. Uh, Sarah and I have, we have a, uh, a beautiful son named KJ.
0: Fantastic. Uh,
1: just turned a little, he's like 27 months.
0: Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Absolutely. Touching on your mom. How did your mom influence you throughout your life and throughout your football career?
1: Uh, well, my mom, obviously um, she didn't have any athletic backgrounds or anything. My uncles, my great uncles uh, were basketball players and things like that. Nobody really played football so when it came into like the sports side, that was just something that was naturally me. My dad uh, was a basketball player. Um, he liked sports. So I, I got that side, but the thing I got from my mom is um, I would say the work ethic and, and just sacrificing and, and you no, know, whenever you put your mind to something, be determined because you know looking back now, obviously I have a child now, but you no, know, her at an age, a young age had to raise me by herself work and then also, you know, seven years later have to have another child and raise them two kids under thirty, you know, see mother That's a, that's a tough thing to do. Definitely. And just see the uh just you no know, no days where she wasn't able to come to my some of my games because she had to work to make sure, you know, our lights were on and bills were paid and we had food on our table to you know, those things. But she always showed love and obviously was very, very proud of me and and she always said that she felt bad that she couldn't be there and and, and say sorry she couldn't be there and i and i understood that no of course you want to have your parents there to see you know if you you know had a great game you know four touchdown game five touchdown game or whatever it is but at the same time i understand what i knew that she had a job to do and she she was doing it to take care of her family so no i'm no obviously indebted to her and obviously seeing the Hard work and sacrifice she had to do really rode off of me, and I just motivated me more because I didn't want to see her have to work that hard again.
0: Transitioning over to the college life, as I sit here in my number 32 Penn State jersey, (laughs) you got one, huh? Absolutely. Nice. So, my first question for you about Penn State, or in college in general, actually, when your recruitment started, what was the most overwhelming part of the process? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you guys. Well, I mean, I'm sure your dad could probably tell you some stories. Um, you know, and obviously uh, in Westerville, um, it's a small town, as you know. And we've had a couple uh, players in the city. You know, some from north, and we had a couple from south. You no, know, they went to um, you know Division One programs. But for the most part, back then, you no, know, there really wasn't a lot of media attention and anything in our town for athletics like that you know i got my first letter i think it was from like cornell university or the, or the army okay uh west point and i couldn't believe it no at first when they start sending you letters they you know make you fill out a questionnaire and when i started getting letter i couldn't believe it man i fill out probably <laughs> every school to send me a, a letter i fill out a questionnaire probably after like the 15th or 20th when i say like, okay no this is enough <laughs> i'm done doing it um but no this was before social media but and it was still a lot of media attention. Um, you know, my my junior year had a, a, a nice, successful uh, football uh, season, you know, got all state and all conference and all district and all that. So I started getting the buzzes uh, around from the major programs and obviously high state in our backyard and, you know, kind of expanded from there. So. The attention got kind of crazy um, because, especially going into my senior year, you know, you know being all-state, you know that, you know, obviously preseason, the you know, uh, all-American, and was supposed to you know, was supposed to win Mr. Ohio uh, Football uh, that year and this and that. So, the attention was crazy. Um, it was. I mean, I guess it's fun to look back because you you don't get a lot of those opportunities, but it was it was kind of hectic because, you know. Every, not everywhere I went, but, you no, know, get a lot of calls and a lot of newspaper articles and, uh, you know, phone interviews, things like that. And then, obviously, uh, going into my last year, a lot of hype was, was coming up, and, you know, a lot of the big boys were jockeying to, you know, earn my, uh, my guess, wanted me to come visit schools and, obviously, you know, sign with them, so... It got a little got a little crazy and um, you know had a had a little some some national attention about schools saying that I was getting improper gifts and things like that and where I'm sure this came from the back end from people putting bugs in people's ears because they want to try to steer you away from right certain schools but it was um, it was it was a crazy time it, it's funny to look back at but at the same time it was kind of kind of hectic especially being a 17 year old kid
0: definitely. And you had touched on this a little bit before, but I wanted to circle back. What were some of the main priorities in choosing a school?
1: Um well, one um, I I wanted to play close to home if I could because my mom, like I said on Fridays, she she didn't get to see a lot of my games and she made a vow that she would catch she would come see my games on Saturday um, no matter where I went. Absolutely. So I wanted to be close to home so when those times comes that she can drive and and be able to make it. That's one. Um, so obviously that meant big 10. You no, know, that was something that I've always dreamed of wanted to play in the big 10. Cause you no, know, growing up wasn't the BCS championships or the these bowl championships. It was basically you win your conference, you go into the bowl, the, your, uh, selected bowl and the Rose bowl. Obviously being in a uh, Buckeye country, that was like the goal every year is they'll get to the Rose bowl. So that was something that I always dreamed I wanted to, to do is to play in the Rose Bowl. And two, I mean, three, um, obviously I wanted to go to a uh, school that kind of fit my fit the life that I want. I wanted to go into a school that had a, would um, say a big football program, but it was, it was a small college environment. Yeah. It was a true college. Um, and obviously I selected Penn State, and that's what Happy Valley is. Um, I, I, no, I visited five great schools, including High State. Um, just you know, Ohio state is just, you know, it's in the city. It's, it's huge. It's very urban. Not saying, not saying that i that was the only reason why I didn't go there, but, um, it's just something that wasn't a small campus where everybody was kind of stuck there in a sense where you can't really go elsewhere. Right. If you wanted to, um, to, to enjoy yourself, whatever it is, where in a small college, you, you know, in happy Valley, you're stuck in mountains. I mean, you're three <laughs> hours from Philly, three hours from Pittsburgh. So, more people come in to our campus than people that leave like on the weekends. Um, that's one. Another one. Some of these like I guess petty, but I wanted to play. I mean, I wanted to go to a school that went by semesters. You know, with uh, a lot of schools, including high State, though they start school in late September and they don't get done till June, where I wanted to go to school in August and get done in first week of May. Oh, absolutely. So I can so I can enjoy my summer. Definitely. I was like with any sport I did. I like to t- take a break from it. So you no, know, when it was football season, I played basketball. Why? Cause I get away from football. Right. And, re- uh, and then they'll uh, focus my, my interest on that. And when I got on basketball, I ran track, but then when track got done, I, then it kind of fueled my, my tech again and look, had me look forward to football. No, I just felt that going in, they'll be done in June. It didn't really have no true summer. So I couldn't get, go home and you know, visit my family and friends and have some time off. So, that was another thing and no other petty things were no i was a a nike fan and i wanted to go to school that wore Nikes. definitely (laughs) pretty petty but uh those those are little things that things are for me and then also i wanted to go to a program that features a running back No, me being a running back definitely um no i wanted to go to a school that not only highlights it um but they um they really featured them and, and obviously go to a team that's successful because you know granted I love my time in Westerville and all my teams I play with but you know, my best record in football was six and four again I wouldn't train for anything but I want to have the opportunity to you know win a championship and like I said win a national title or you know, at least try to go to uh to the road goal by winning the big 10.
2: Absolutely.
0: So next question I have for you. um, Was there any schools before you chose Penn State that you were leaning towards and why did Penn State end up standing out to you?
1: Yeah. Like I said, that goes into the whole chaos of uh, the whole recruiting process. Um, You know, know, back then they were saying I was like the most heavily recruited player in Columbus since Archie Griffin, because Archie's from um, the great Archie Griffin from Ohio State. He's from Columbus and he went to Ohio State and obviously two-time Heisman is, no, his stats are you no, know, need to speak about. So yeah, I had a I had a lot of a lot of pressure um, to stay home. Um, you know, being a hometown kid and you know, having the success I had in high school and the kind of talent I had. and you know, obviously, a lot of people want me to stay home. Um, had some Notre Dame. You know, everybody has everybody puts their uh, bug in your uh, where they want you to go. You know, one of the schools I visited was uh, Colorado. I did that, you know, they were a um, great day here. They won a national title, and I said, you know, I wanted to go out west and visit, but once I went out there, I said, like, you know, that's too far from home, and that wasn't my fitting. So, really, it was, uh, it was tough, and then I, you know, I visited High State, uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, Penn State, and Colorado. Uh, Michigan, I visited, great school, but being from Columbus, you know. Couldn't do it. You know what, that's still Michigan. Uh, it just wasn't a fit. It just didn't feel right. But I had no, you, know, you gotta give them props to a great school. So it really came down to high, uh, Notre Dame, High State, and Penn State. And Notre Dame was my uh, first visit, and obviously, you know schools do great jobs of when you're on your visits to make you feel welcome there. And I, almost, I almost committed to Notre Dame the the, the day we're uh, we're about to leave. I said, Mom, I think I'm a, i am thinking think about She's like, Well, if you want to, go ahead. And say, I said, Hey, know Let's wait and let's go take our other visits. Uh, because I mean, that's your first visit. You don't know, right. Know what to And everything is. You no, know, give me the red carpet. This is awesome. Um, but at the end it was down to what was high state and Penn state and it was tough. <clears throat> um, I'm sure, like I said, your daddy can probably tell you stories. Um, you know, I can remember coming back to, to a high state Penn state game back at the uh, horseshoe after I got done playing and, um, you know, the high state fans of boo me, Call you traitor. <laughs> you can't be sold out. You sold out on us. Why can't? Why didn't you come and boo me? And I obviously that's just the love for the program, right? But um, it, it was tough. But at the end, with the Penn State was, like I said, it was a small college town. Um, uh, in hindsight, with the you know, obviously big athletic program, um, the guys on the team made me feel like I was I was a part of them already. And I was just on the recruitment. They were just down to earth. They wasn't arrogant. It wasn't cocky. I've never been that person. I've always, you know, no matter what, you know, I was a star player, I was never bigger or more important than any other guy on my team. So I've always had that mentality. So that was a thing that uh, was very, very uh, important to me. Again, they ran my type of offense. We ran in high school. I knew they were coming into the Big Ten. Um, my last year, they made the announcement that Penn State was coming to the Big Ten it wasn't gonna be for two years. So I knew that at least I have two years of playing in the big 10. That was important. It was close enough to my mom. So she can drive it was like a four and a half, five hour drive that she can come uh, see my games. And uh, at the end, most importantly, was Coach Paterno. Um, no, I, like I said, I didn't, wasn't raised. I was raised by a single mother. So Coach Pusatero was like uh, my father. He's my godfather. When I was in uh, high school, and then the same thing was with Coach Paterno. Uh, the torch got carried on to him. And, um, you know, he's a excellent mentor, cares about his players, uh, makes a vow to the parents. That they make sure that your kids will go to school. He's a man of integrity. And the more of the vows he stands by, that's something that, you know, you know we take – I take with me to this day. So, um, you know, obviously I know that was a little run-on uh, politically about why I chose Penn State over the other schools, but no, it was something that I, I'm glad I did, and um, and then also got me away from home to really kind of grow up and you know, expand my horizons and say, you know what, okay, you know, you can always come back home, but there's other towns, other people from other walks of life, different walks of life, you know, you know, get out there and, and meet those people and 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 learn and um, <clears throat> you know, kind of develop as a young man. So it was something that um, I'm proud to say that I did.
0: And that actually brings me to my next question. I'm glad you brought up Coach Paterno. My next question for you was going to be, when you did end up choosing Penn State, how involved in your recruiting process was Coach Paterno?
1: <laughs> he had to recruit me. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, Columbus is, that's high State territory. Being at, you know, our hometown is only 10, 15 minutes away from campus that's no, a that's a tough it's a tough sticking especially back then um like I said social media wasn't there you know there was no cell phones there was only no way you could call it was either call on a landline or you meet the per, meet the player in person so you know I had my the person who recruited me was ron Dickerson he ended up being um a D coordinator at Clemson and head coach at temple but he was um he was he he recruited my territory so he he was there, but then Coach Turner had to come in and put the final touches on because, nah, it's it's it's, it's tough to bring a – again, I hate, feel like I'm bragging myself because I'm not that type of person, but you no, know, bringing a, I guess, a five-star, highly-touted player right. out of Buckeye country that close to have him go to you know, school, you know, he had to go in and um, put his little two cents in. But, uh, the thing he was smart about, he got to my mom, and he, he still was my parents. <laughs> That's one thing he's good go to parents because the parents, they want to make sure their baby's going to be taken care of being away from home. And then also uh, he he's smart with the parents saying, make sure you I'll make sure your kids is uh, going to school and, uh, and going in the right, right direction. So, you know, he, uh, he got to my mom and uh, my mom loves him. Uh, yeah, she, she, uh, she loves him some coach paternal.
0: When you actually got to Penn state, what was it like, getting into your first college practice how did it differ from high school
1: uh man it's weird it's weird you don't know because you you don't know what they expect honestly you know i'd make the story like i mean unless you got freakish athletes there just they could just come from high school straight to college and still dominate right it's a big transition i mean especially like if you're a lineman uh sometimes receiver the game is different because And, like, a running back, like, I was 215 in high school, so I'm a big running back. You don't see a running back that big normally, and it can run fast and this and that. But then when you get to college, you're like, okay, well, the guy next to me is 6'2", 210. This guy's 230. Like, these guys are big. Um, The one thing I would say, though, I had a great line in high school. I love those guys. But what made me, well, one thing you can't teach is speed. So that was one thing I had with me was always an advantage because uh, I was always been fast. And for how big I was to be that fast, I've always had that kind of like the next, I had like an added advantage. But then now we get to college like, okay, well, guys are bigger on the other side. Well, my linemen are bigger too. Right. So um, the first thing was, is, well, now I'm 17 cause I graduated high school at 17. So my first, I was, I was 17 until, like, the first month of school. Now, you're dealing with guys 21, 22, and you're, like, these you dudes, like, like grown men. And, you know, you got the whole senior versus freshman. You got to try and earn your way. And back then, Joe didn't like to play freshman, so we were all on scout team, getting to kind of – they're trying to earn your ropes. So my freshman year, um, it's just the speed was different. You know, you know, like I said, I'm fast, so I can – even when I got to college, I could still you know, pull away from people. But like in high school, I can get the ball and sometimes just run towards the sideline to beat an angle, to outrun somebody. Where now in college, you got to pick and choose your angles and when you want to run outside. And sometimes you're not going to be able to outrun every single person every single time. So you got to be patient, use the right opportunities to... Uh, to utilize your speed, you got to kind of bottle it in um, a lot more. So, I think with me, the biggest transition was one how big the, the guys were. Like linebackers are 240, 230, 240, where in high school they're like 195, 200. Usually I'm bigger than them already. So, that and the speed, and, and also, like just like high school, just like in college, you know, you got a guy like a senior who's been there four years. So, they they kind of know the ropes already where, you're just coming in. You don't know the speed of the game. You don't know the playbook. You don't know all the all the intricate uh, intricacies. I'm sorry of the offense. Those things were it took time, and I can see why sometimes, you know, especially back then, coaches redshirt because you didn't have a lot of guys going, maybe even high school in the fall, and and doing early enrollment in the college in in the spring where they can get a early graphs on the playbook. You know, when you're coming out of high school and you had the whole summer off and you get that first practice, they throw that big old playbook to you and say, here you go. You're like, whoa, because sometimes in high school back then, you might may have maybe like five to 10 plays. That's about it. Here, you no, know, the, the playbook's a lot bigger. So there's a lot of lot of different things, but it was definitely a wide-opening, eye-opening experience uh, that first day. And you, the, the butterflies you don't know what to expect. And then the first day you'd say, Okay, no big deal. But when it's the first day of pads, that's when you're like, Okay, these dudes are big. Big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: What
0: was it like the first time that you got to play at Beaver Stadium?
1: Um, should we play or just get dressed up and go into a game?
0: Both. Both for that matter.
1: Oh, uh, well, obviously my freshman year, you know, they did it though, know, some games we didn't even you know we registered, he was still dressed. It's almost like kinda of like a perp, so you can see what the feeling is coming out of that out of the stadium and things like that. Um, so my first couple of games, I didn't know if I was gonna be truly red yet or not. So obviously, you know, when I got dressed, I'm hyped. And it's just I was, you know, from being in Westerville a crowd, maybe three thousand fans to Beaver Stadium, eighty five thousand fans. Right. Um it's just words and you just you know, just the, the sea of people you know, granted, you go into college visits and you go to the stands. You're in the stands and you see it, and they let you walk on the field. But when you're in a uniform and you're running out of that tunnel, it's just it's, just a, it's a, feeling and just uh, euphoria, and you just, you know, you got butterflies. and You're so hyped up, and you, know, you lose your breath a little bit because you're so you're so over anxious, and you know your adrenaline is flowing. Um, so my first first game, I was just hyped, crying. I almost had to I'm like so excited like uh, i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta i'll be right back i gotta i'm just just so just so amped up and then i'm not say you get used to it. you never get used to it because it's always exciting because when it's game day it's no i guess i, I want to say it's time to go say time to go to battle because you gotta be sensitive right now to the obviously what the people in ukraine are going through and i'm not uh trying to be to, but at the same time no it's a battle going out there on on, on the field you no know, going against another opponent and um, you, know, you get mentally prepared and sack yourself up and get mentally ready. And um, it's something that um, from that first game, obviously that's a wide open experience to even the last game that I played there. Was, I always, was, well, my last year, I was always in the front and want to be the first ones to run out because I just want to sprint all the way down the field to try to get some of those, that some of that drilling out so I can calm down.
2: Definitely.
0: Super cool feeling. So I got a, I got a Penn state question for you. What did you think as an observer of Saquon Barkley during his time at Penn State? And do you think that you could have beat him in a 40 yard dash during the prime of your career?
1: Oh, 40 yard dash. Don't insult don't, don't me like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love Saquon. He's a great kid. Uh, when I beat him, yeah, I'd beat him in 40. But him, I mean, the game of football has evolved from when I played there to when he was there. And you know, when my, when my team. No, we had two great receivers. We had a great quarterback. We had a great tight end. We had a great line. And, though, no, I can't say when he was there, we had a great players, but he was basically the main focus. Definitely. His game is just it's, it's sickening. I mean, because you don't realize realize how big he is. Because you look at him, you're like, is he dead? And I stood next to him. I'm like, he's like a couple inches taller than me. Maybe an inch taller than me, but he's just bigger. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know you was that when I first matched. I, like, I didn't know you was that big, but he's so humble. And his game just transferred because, they, like, with me, like, no, I ran. And, you know, third down. A lot of times we had a great third down back named Mike Archie who played in the, in the league for a number of years with the Houston Orioles and Tennessee Titans. So he was third down. And then my last year, I was I kind of wanted to work on my craft, catching the ball out of backfield, but then I dislocated my thumb. So I had to cast in my hand basically the whole my whole last year. But Saquon, I called him Lex Luger. <laughs> package. Um Lex Luger, the old uh, wrestling uh former uh wrestling uh champ. No, he could run the ball inside, run it outside, had the speed, had the strength, catch the ball, ran kickoffs. No, I just I mean what he what he did at, at, at school, um, done that and obviously people you know, they would say you no know, who's better than me and him. I'm never really gonna say that, but he was I think he was I think he was the best back at Penn
0: That's a good story. Another college oriented question I have for you the Rose Bowl. Obviously, you touched on that earlier. It's the biggest stage you can play on as a Big Ten athlete. You were actually the Rose Bowl MVP, as I said before, and you scored an 83 yard touchdown run on the first offensive play of that game. Can you break down that play? (laughs) Can you break down that play for me and describe what was going through your head when that was going on?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, uh, last year was magical. I mean, one Now we're obviously we're the last undefeated team that played for Coach Paterno. But uh, like I said, my one of my main one of my main goals that I wanted to do when I was at Penn State was to go to the uh, Rose Bowl. And to do the Rose Bowl, you got to win, you know, the Big Ten. The thing that was kind of unique with Penn State too is because before the Rose uh, Big Ten, you know, they're independent, so the only really goal that was either a thing was national championship or bust, which was kind of good. Um, no, not to knock the schools in uh, the Big Ten. Obviously, high state's uh, record speak for themselves over the years. But, you know, you can say, okay, we can lose two games, but hey, we can still go to Rose Bowl. Where, and, as you were independent back then, you wasn't affiliated with a conference. Right. Either you got to undefeated if you want to win that national championship. So that was kind of like always our goal at Penn State was, like, okay, you win a national title. Okay, win that's national title, what do you got to do? You got to go undefeated. Okay, if you go undefeated, we win the Big Ten. So, obviously, the, the, those uh, those those things came to pass our last year. And, uh, obviously, we went undefeated and, and became Big Ten champs. And now I get to go to the Rose Bowl. And it was like, you know, it was kind of surreal because I've always dreamed of it. You know, watching it on New Year's Day back home on TV, um, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, um, usually, usually those two teams that played in the Rose Bowl. I said, man, that's a granddaddy of all. I always wanted to do it. So, right. you know, for me, obviously, being from Big Ten country, it was something – I'm not saying the other guys on my team didn't cherish as much because we only been in the Big Ten for one year before that. So a lot of guys came from Maryland, New York, and things like that. that doesn't, that's not Big Ten country. So they, don't, they don't know, like, the history of it and how dear it is to a person who is from those areas because – know, whether you're in high school, you know, you hear about it, you know, Saturday, you know, Big Ten Chance, the Rose Bowl, and that's all you really heard about. Um, so going out there, it was um, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was it was hectic because you no, know, me, Carrie, Bobby Ingram, Jeff Hardy, and Kyle Brady, we were all all Americans. So you no, know, the late Bob Hope had a, a Bob Hope Christmas show. Um, so we had to fly, so we had to fly out to uh Burbank, California. This is before we even flew out for the Rose Bowl to come and then come back and practice and it just was exactly because you no, know, obviously we were uh, undefeated. We were number one beating the high state and we go down to number two and now uh there's two teams undefeated, Nebraska and us. So obviously there's a lot of hype between that. You no, know, if both teams win, who are gonna um, who's gonna win the national title? Are they gonna split it or whatnot? So, you know, and being in L.A., is a uh, big media uh, town. You know, we had a lot of media around us, which is kind of cool. Um, but, um, again, you try to compartmentalize. And, no, you know, once you're in the game, now I think like these bowl games is more for the fans. Because as much as I love the Rose Bowl and all that, when I got there, they you knew you, you had to treat it as another game. Now, obviously, the, the the things before, you know, you get your gear, you got the big rolls on it and yeah. stuff like that. I cherish it. I love that. But when you're going to practice and this and that, you're like, okay, yeah, you know, we're playing the team from the Pac-12 in Oregon, but you're not thinking about it as a Rose Bowl. And then you get to the stadium, you're like, okay, yeah, there's a Rose, the name Rose Bowl out of it, this and that. But that even no more intimidating or anything than what it is at Beaver Stadium. And it's like, you know what, it was just, a, just another game. And then once you're done... Now, obviously, since we won, then you didn't re- get to relive it. But you know, kind of when you're in the moment, maybe just me. I just try to focus on. I knew I was there at the Rose Bowl, but at the same time, it's like you know we had unfinished business. You no, know, we don't know that Miami was going to be able to beat Nebraska. And if they say you no, know, hey, let's we got to win this game. Why? Why One, we want to be undefeated, like we like we said we were going to do. You no, know, win the Rose Bowl and then let the chips where uh, fall where they may. So, you no. Know, we still had a, g- a game to win because we had a lot of time ride, a lot of things riding on it. So uh, I think was more focused on that, but I got to kind of just really think about the Rose Bowl stuff kind of after it got done. Absolutely. And then Talk- I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, no, you're good. You guys about the play. Um, You know, it's just funny, you know, cause I mean, coach return always scripted the first 10 plays. And for me, because like I said, I'm just so hyped up coming out. I never liked that much to get the, the ball the first time. I like to do a, give it to the fullback or do a pass, um, play action pass, something just so I can get that first play out of it and just calm down. Nope. First play, I was like, yep, we're going to run 40 sweep. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then uh, we had a center um, named Bucky Greeley. He was one of our captains. He was like, hey, Kijano, let's go take this to the house. I said, all right, Bucky, meet me there. Literally, that happened in the huddle right before that play. <laughs> And then guess we, we were, we were prophesizing, And the next thing you know, uh, a few seconds later, I was in the end zone. We was up
0: 7-0. That's awesome. That's a great thing to have and remember for your lifetime.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I, that, I think that's one thing that's kind of cool. You know, you always, you know when you go to school, you always want to, well, one, I, my goals were I just wanted to be able to play at Penn State. And then and I want to be a starter. And, then, you know, you get individual goals from yourself. But then, you know, to have, you know, that was obviously the first time we ever been to the Rose Bowl. And that be an iconic play, you No, know, Every time I go back, they always play like on the big jumbotrons, or they have image of me uh, on on a on a wall or something, me doing that or something. You no, know, that's just something that's gratifying because you don't ever think that that can happen to you when you're at school, and just to be something of a such an iconic moment for a school and a football program history of that magnitude is uh, it's kind of overwhelming and. It makes, me, makes, me, makes me a little happy. Now I can't wait till my son gets a little older so I can say, hey, that was daddy. <laughs> and he can really understand what I'm talking about.
0: So another question I have for you, since you talked about the meaning of the Rose Bowl and how sometimes it doesn't even feel like it just feels like another game, what are your thoughts on current college athletes skipping out on their bowl games?
1: <laughs> oh man, Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey started this thing. Um, There's a lot of money involved now. I get it. I mean, I, it's, it, it, I get it as a kid. No, you got to protect your, your investment, which is you. Right. And, um, Oh, what was his name? The linebacker from Notre Dame. that played the Cowboys. Uh, Jalen. Oh,
0: what's his name? Smith.
1: No, uh, linebacker. He just, he was at Dallas He yeah. left last year. I think, um, but anyway, he was at Notre Dame. I mean, he was a top five pick. Yes. And he busted his knee in the bowl game. Granted, he still got drafted, you no, know, by the Cowboys late in the first round, They because they took a chance on him. But you hear those stories, you're like, yeah, okay, I can kind of see, no, what? Because now after this bowl game, you no, know, the kid's are like, hey, I'm not a, I'm not part of the team anymore. No, it's it's a business now, and my body is my business. So, and football is a violent game. You never know. Uh, Matt Corral, the quarterback yes. from Ole Miss, this year. That great, he's the quarterback they. As long as he can throw, and he was a mobile quarterback already, he'll be all right. But you have those type of scenarios where me, you know, if if, if there wasn't even a thought back then that I'd say, you know what, I'm going to skip out on bowl game. One, because, you know, even if I was going to leave early, because one, I, it'd be one more game I get to put on my uniform um, of the school I played for. Two, there's one more chance I get to play with the guys that I've been to battle for the whole entire season. And came in together at the same freshman class and this and that. could be my last time. So for me, it wouldn't been a thought. But do I get what they're coming from? I do, because you don't want to take those chances. Um, that's a that's a that's a slippery slope. And I can see both sides. But for me, I I don't know. But again, like I said, Penn State, we had a lot more riding on when we were playing the ball right. game to win title. Um, but you know, some of these guys say yeah, they don't want a chance of getting hurt. I can understand what they're I – can, I, you can't – you know, if they're playing basketball, no disrespect to basketball players, but it's not as physical as football. You know, football, something happens to you any given second. So, you know, if you're going to be a high pick, do you want to take that chance? I get it. But me, it's like, you know what, I want to finish what I started. Absolutely. And, and have one more chance to, you know – and get on that field with my guys and wear that uniform, and, and I guess it also goes to the program. I mean, you now some guys are highly touted, and no disrespect to them or their school, but maybe they didn't love their school and love the team as much as maybe I love my school. So if you don't feel that passion about it, maybe not. But that's not how right. that's not that's not how how what motivated me and this and that. So I, that's, a, that's a that's a tough one. I can I can see both sides of the coin. Where arguments of why kids should play and well don't, but now with the NIL going on now and things like that, maybe it might entice kids to to play that last game, you know, because it it, it does do the bowl games a little injustice. I mean, like last year, high State, you no know, Alave and the uh, Garrett Wilson didn't play in the bowl game. Now granted, the uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma had the, the crazy game of of, right. of all games, but you no. Know, if he didn't, they, you know, you could just rob out the fans. And what if Ohio State would have lost that bowl game? I'm not saying that having those two players would have helped them. No, they would have won it. But you never know. So, right. you know, you just things that where to say you don't really owe anything to the fans. But at the same time, I want to go out a winner, and I want my last impression of people to say, "You know what? He got there and played, and you had a great Rose Bowl game, or you had a great Citrus Bowl, or, or whatever bowl game playing." I want that to be the Last memory of me, if, if my team is there, I don't want them to, to film me sitting on the sideline uh, in street clothes when I could be out there playing with my with my guys.
0: Absolutely. So moving forward into your NFL career, like I mentioned, you were the number one overall pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what played into your decision to declare for the draft? And I actually read something that you were one of the first players that Coach Paterno told to leave early. Is that true?
1: I was first. I was the first one he told me to. Be told to yeah what I, were his I, thoughts I mean, on your decision yeah so it's it a unique situation with with me again um no Penn have had a uh the pedigree of having great players um and i'm not trying to say here i'm better than any of them i'm not i don't want to even say that in any form or fashion but um no all, all the other guys that came above we had guys going to first round this and that um but they were all seniors Right. They didn't have any eligibility left. So with me, I, I was a junior, and the success that I've ha- I had that year, a lot of buzz was talking because they had a two expansion teams. <laughs> it's funny because it how old I am, the Jaguars and the Panthers, Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars were expansion teams. And there was a lot of buzz of about me being a potential top five pick. Um, no, the buzz kind of started after we beat Ohio State. Um, and then going into Indiana, a lot of the scouts came to the game and had a good game there. Um, but, you know, you hear that stuff, again, social media wasn't there, so you hear it with a grain of salt, you keep it moving. But um, going again, you, the question you asked me before about how it was it at the Rose Bowl, well, that was another facet of it because you have agents starting to kind of being around at the at the, uh, the hotels Know people pro, no picking, prodding you. A, um, heard you your you might be leaving. If you are, I'm so and so, or meet this person, meet this person. So it was, was kind of chaotic for me, but again, I just wanted to focus on uh, the game. But it, it, deep down, I kind of knew um, from my last college games going into the bowl game that a lot of hype was coming around me and the opportunities and the potential of me being a a top five, top ten pick was there. And I've heard old stories of guys who who played and stayed for around for another year. No guys like Ken Swilling, who was a, a All American uh, safety from Georgia Tech. He would have been a top three pick, but he decided he wanted to come back for his last year. End up being like a second or third round pick. Um, no, you had John Walsh, who actually was my quarterback when I got drafted at Cincinnati. The year before, he was the number one pick. They said if he would have came out. The next year, he stayed. He was a seventh round pick on the same team that I got picked as the first pick. Wow. Um. Yeah. So it is. You, know, you hear those things, and then obviously how. Not saying that we ain't grow up uh, dirt poor, but no, I can have opportunity to change my family's life. You no. Know, so after the bowl game, I had a good. To me, I didn't have a good game, but stat wise, and we won this and that, and um, you no, know, celebrating that night and met Phil Knight at Nike and things like that, and, you know, I had to t- turn up a couple of them, and Coach Materno went to his suite, and you know, now, because I'm an older guy, I can go into his suite, he was like, yeah, hey, I need to see you tomorrow, I said, okay, he said, enjoy yourself tonight, Uh, come come to my room tomorrow, and I want to talk to you, I said, sure, Coach, no problem, so the next day, he came up there, and um, uh, he's out, oh he said, I want to have, you and your mom come up to house. I know you want to talk about something. He's like, uh, hey, lucky Johnny. He always had a high pitched voice. <laughs> He's like, no, you did all you can for the university, and no, you you had a great season, and the team won, and you know, we were undefeated. And you covered all the goals on and off the field that you can you could be in control of. You no, know, you didn't win the Heisman, but you got runner up, and there's no telling that if you did come back next year that you would win it. And, you know, you have opportunity to take care of your mom and your little brother, and say it'll be selfish of me if i told you to come back i think it's in your best interest for you and your family for you to come out and you declare and leave early because i've talked to intel uh people i've known and they said you're, you're going to be you have you're, you're going to be a top five pick now obviously you gotta you know have a good combine but i'm fast right so i know, that. So, uh, I know the time good and i have a so he said, like, "You know what? What? What is? What's the benefit of you coming back?" I said, "Well, obviously, you know, I got the guys that I play with. I love my brothers and this and that." And he said, "Yeah, you can see them. You can see them during the <laughs> off But now you can, you can, you can change. You know, you can change your family's life." He said, "And the one thing, like I said, he said it would be selfish. That's what he said. He told me he said it'd be selfish of me to tell you to come back for your for your for your senior year. You no, know, when you're that high now, if you." are or a first-rounder or a second-rounder or a third-rounder, and now by you coming back another year, you can help your draft stock? You can, but if you're a top-five pick, you don't know who's going to pick you. You don't right. know what their criteria are, so you can't determine, yeah, next year if I come back, I'll be number one pick. So I was like, man, I, I said, wow. I said, all right, Coach, I appreciate you saying that. I didn't say I was going to leave right then I said, okay, I'll think about it. Um, obviously with my family and things like that, but I said, I really appreciate you. you know, saying that and i got your no blessings if that's the case because i I wasn't even thinking about before then that that was something that was dear to me i appreciate them uh, looking out for me and my family
0: so the story goes that when the draft order came out the carolina panthers originally had the number one pick the expansion panthers and then they ended up trading that pick to the Bengals for the Bengals selection and then their second round selection as well you being a kid from Ohio, and like you had mentioned, you're, you were concerned about always playing near your family and near your mom. What went through your head when you heard that Cincinnati ended up with the pick?
1: Well, they came. They came to, they came to visit me a couple times. Uh, the state college coach Anderson was the running back coach, and Coach Dave Chula. They drove through a, a big storm one time just to come meet with me for dinner. Um, this is before they did the trade. Just to, because again they were they were they had the fifth pick so I think they were saying no matter what I would come down to number five but um, but when they traded I I, I didn't I didn't I kind of heard buzz that they might but then I got confirmation like traveling to the draft and I knew because I knew since I was on Cincinnati's radar that they wanted me at five I'm, if, if I'm at five they're gonna get me but if they gonna trade up they're gonna get me right. um, it was it was um, surreal. Because, you know, like, you no, know, the draft, he's like, I'll be the first pick because, you know, I mean, you don't, know, you see. You know, every year you watch the draft and it's like, I can potentially be that guy that they say, hey, you know what, the first pick of the draft, well, no, blah, blah, number one pick is me. Um, it still didn't hit me till I got confirmation, like, the day of that they were going to trade. But it was cool. Um, No, it was. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it was like one of those things, like, okay, since well, that is close to home, so my family and friends could see me play. But honestly, the one thing I didn't like about it, is because they they played on turf. Now, now I grew like in Penn State. We we played grass, right? Love grass. I'm a grass player. I want to. I feel faster on grass. No, just everything health wise and everything. I wanted to play on grass. Now a couple of games on turf. It was cool because it's different. You know, it's it's a different surface. But I didn't want to play. You no, know, if we play 16 games, you no, know, eight games at ten games at home, we're playing on turf. Pittsburgh was turf. The Houston Oilers. Was turf, so I'm playing like 14 games on turf. That's just something I didn't want to do because just it's just it's just very very right. um, But at the same time, it's like hey, you know what? Hey, you know you got your family, uh, your friends get to come uh, come see you play and this and that. So um, it's something that I always cherish, and I'm obviously grateful for the Brown family to think that highly of me, Uh, Coach Shula think that highly of me, Coach Jim Anderson back Meckos think they're me that they wanted to trade their pick and uh, move up to get me. So at the same time, I'm, I'm grateful and uh, thankful and I don't have um, any negative things to talk about besides the, the, the Riverfront Stadium field. I just didn't want to play on turf. That, and, I, and I told my agent, Lee Steinberg, they say, where do you want to go? I said, well, I mean, obviously Jacksonville, Carolina, new team. I said, i like to go there. He said, why? Because they're playing on grass. I don't want to play on turf every game. That's just something I just knew I didn't want to do. Um, and then Washington Redskins obviously was the fourth pick that I had opportunity, um, and I think Houston I knew they were, they were going after McNair, um, most likely or a quarterback in general. No, I told him that's my prediction. I didn't want to play on turf, but hey, you know since hey, like we don't care what your preference are, <laughs> you know hometown kid. <laughs> obviously from a player standpoint, and then I'm sure from a marketing standpoint, uh, they're like no, it's a, it's a it was a slam dunk for them, and I just obviously. Unfortunately, my career wasn't as uh, fruitful as we all wanted it
0: to be. My next question for you, um, before we get into the actual playing of your career, what was it like to hear your name called first overall? Like, I know you said you had some indications that you were going to get picked that high, but what was it like when you actually heard your name number one overall?
1: Um, Well, I was in the back room. Like, again, I knew they called it. I knew they were going to do it. And believe it, my agent Lee Steinberg, he was in California. He's based out of California. He was like, "Let's do something out in California where, you know, we can have a party and have all your family and friends come out there." And I was like, "Yeah, no, nah, man, just a one-time thing. You don't get to go to, uh, I think back then it was Radio City Music Hall and and be able to meet the commissioner and all those things." So I wanted to, um, to be there, be there and experience that, and also Carrie uh, yeah. Collins was there too, so. Was my quarterback. Right. We were there, so I wanted us to be together. So, so they had like a, a like a little room for us. It's weird because obviously I kind of knew it already. I think my mom knew it. A lot of people knew it, but I said, you know, Obviously, you got to tell me you don't say anything. But it was it was pretty cool. At the same time, during this whole draft process, I made one vow to coach return. And I told him I would graduate on schedule. Once I declared and had my conference, I told him I would graduate on time. So had to take extra classes that semester. So going through the whole draft process, I took extra classes because I wanted to graduate right. on time. Um, so like during that whole week, I was getting ready for finals, as you know, you know now, getting ready for finals and you know, traveling here, meet this team, go back home, get ready to study, get ready for this final, travel here, this man It was hectic. I was exhausted. It was exhausted. So you know, hearing it, uh, obviously, it was a great feeling, but it was just like one of those things like, Maybe, maybe I can have a little chance to rest, and that process is over now. But that was only a start. Um, it was just so exhausting. It was so funny that I actually uh, fell asleep uh, at the, at the uh, we ate after, after the draft. We ate and I fell asleep afterwards.
0: <laughs> Next question I have for you: Did you feel any pressure to be a great player right out of the gate, or did you think that the Bengals like gave you the lenience to kind of like grow into the game, the NFL level?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, you know. I have, though so I always had uh, confidence in myself. I always wanted to be great, so I, I put pressure on myself. Um, but obviously, once you get to the pros, it just goes to a whole nother level. It's just, it's just like high school, okay, college. It's good, but you're still regionally focused on sometimes nationally, but mostly regionally. When You get into pros, you're global, and you know, all the media outlets and the big business and things like that. So. Um then I feel no pressure? No. Nah, again, I'm playing the, the game I love. I, I have confidence in myself. I know what the skills, the skill set that I have. So I didn't just go out there and just learn the, the playbook. And, again, just kind of like I was a freshman in college, you know, learn the game. The game's a lot faster than the pros. You multiply times 10 compared to college. So, you know, you have to learn the game. And now, after four years, usually a senior in college, they're gone. So you don't say, man, that guy was a great player. Man, I don't have to face him no more. When you're in the pros, he's <laughs> year four. He's just getting started. You got guys that have been in the league 10 years. Right. So they know like every part of the game, though, the tricks and trades of it. So this is one of those, you just got to, um, you, know, you just got to get in the books and learn it and um, slow down. But I had pressure on myself too, because I, 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 I wanted, I wanted There's certain obviously individual goals that you want to have for yourself. And obviously I wanted to, Show the team that say, "Hey, you know, your investment that you had in me is gonna it's gonna pay off." So I wanted to pay it pay it back to them.
0: Definitely. When you did end up tearing the ligament in your knee, how much did that hurt you mentally, and were you scared that you wouldn't be able to play again?
1: I mean, obviously, when you get hurt, yes and no, because I with my with me, you no, know, even throughout my early years playing sports, I've had a lot of injuries. You no, know, I broke my foot in seventh grade. I had a knee scope in eighth grade, um, so I've had injuries, and I knew that eventually you can bounce. Your body's going to heal, and you can bounce back. Um, I had a um, a pretty extensive knee uh, uh, injury going into my senior year, um, so I knew that the body was going to be able to was was going to be able to uh, heal back. But now it just gets, gets to a point where. Mentally, you just got to go get your mind right. So that was uh, something that I think I had over a lot of other players or people who've never been injured before. And you have something that severe, sometimes you can't overcome that. And lucky for me, I never had knee problem since then on that knee uh, for the ACL. So um, I knew that eventually that I would get back. And if somebody said I couldn't do it, I would prove them wrong. So it just all, it was just only a matter of time, and and I, I exceeded like all like the they say, "Yeah, you're not going to be able to walk in like four, like four to five weeks." I walked in two. Wow! You won't be able to run until like eight weeks. I ran in four. It's just one of those things where they say you're not going to tell me what I can't do. And I just, and I knew from other injuries that certain things I could do to push myself to get myself better.
0: Another thing you touched on, you said that there's guys that you're like, "Oh, I never have to play that guy again." So, NFL or college level, was there any player that you were genuinely scared to line up against?
1: No i didn't think so i mean just, just i mean any it, i mean i am telling you what college whatever they do if you ain't ready they'll knock your block off they'll knock your head off so you got to be ready right well, do i fear anybody Nah, i ain't fear nobody no if anything, they, no especially if i get a full head of steam no i mean you got guys i mean obviously you play against like junior say and you no know, these are hall of famers you know you're playing against you like I'm, I'm i'm playing against these people but scared nah because once you're once you're in once you're inside the um, inside those those white lines and you're you're lined up, you know, you got the drilling. you're focused on your job, what you gotta do. You, you know, you got television, you know, I don't you don't think about like who exactly is on the other side of who you're playing against. Now you know you're playing against certain players and you know, you gotta you know, when you run I say you gotta know how to get down and, and play smart, but there's no one that you you you're afraid you gotta respect everybody, but being afraid if you're afraid of anybody you don't belong out
0: there. It's definitely a matter of strength and mental toughness that you just got to have to be able to play at a high level like that. I understand that you are actually an entrepreneur of a company called Bio Globe. What is Bio Globe? How did you start your business? And what inspired you to become an entrepreneur after your football career ended?
1: Uh, well, I went to school for with a business degree, uh, marketing. Um, so um, I know football wasn't going to last forever. So say, you know, you have to have a secondary career. Started Bio Globe when uh, it first started off, we got into the, um, infectious control sector um like when no, c- combating against MRSA norovirus staff infections and things like that when I played with the Saints I contracted a staff infection uh back in 04 and so I've always been somewhat of a germaphobe as it is I'm not like like Harry Mandel I won't shake your hand and things like that but I always feel like my silver on hot water and right you know, before this whole COVID-19 obviously washed my hands and, put towel on the doorknobs and things like that. I've always done that. Um, so I know 08 had a um, my, my partner at the time. He was involved in the cruise industry and um, make a long story short, decided to start a company to combat norovirus because that's what, that is big in the cruise industry uh, back then where we see a lot of what they say a ship is can't, can't uh, leave because too many sick passengers usually from norovirus. And so um, I created the name BioGlobe for that, and we got into that uh, market. Um, After a while, I decided to kind of branch off from there. I kept the name, and now what we do is we're a marketing and branding company. Uh, You say, well, why do you keep the name? Well, because we're minority-owned, and I have certain certifications with uh, state and government uh, certifications, so I didn't want to change my name. But, no, we're a marketing and branding company, so we do everything from, like, customized apparel, um, that you, anything you'll see, like, in your bookstore, uh, your school bookstore, mm-hmm. we do T-shirts and polos and jackets. We decorate those. Uh, we do promotional giveaways, promotional, uh, called swag items, tchotchkes. Uh, we do signage, so everything from banners to tents to flyers, graphics you see side of stadiums or stuff on walls or any tents or feather banners you see on the streets, we can do those. Um, so, and we do printing service like business cards and flyers and posters and things like that. So and anything that kind of brought me back to my, my major to marketing and branding and helping clients uh, brand their business. That's what, that's what we've done. And we've been doing that exclusively probably for the last 10 years
0: that's awesome. All right, so last question I have for you before we wrap it up: Who is your favorite teammate of all time at any level?
1: Favorite teammate? Yes. Come on, man. You put me on. My
0: <laughs> or a group of teammates doesn't have to be one person.
1: All uh, right, well i go. I'll go by each each, each uh, level. High school. My favorite teammate. I gotta say three. Okay. I will say J.J. Bevan, He was a a linebacker. Uh, he moved from Wisconsin. Play with me. Um, well, last couple of, he moved to uh, Westville. played with me the last couple of years. He was, he was our linebacker. That was my role doll. We would uh, work out together. Things that him. Ray Du rest in peace. He was my best friend. Um, when I moved, I, I moved into the Columbus area, but still went to Westville schools. We were neighbors, and we would ride our bikes to uh, the go workout, and we were um, high school buddies. No, he's my best friend, and then I would say another guy, A.J. Dobbins, um, who also we lived in the same area, and we would go. We didn't have cars or anything, so we would we would ride our bikes all the way up to Westerville to go work out and you know and practice for track and things like that. So I would say those three in high school, college. I would say my roommate Bobby Ingram, who now is the athletic, I mean, who was the offensive coordinator at the University of Wisconsin. We were roommates all four of, uh, uh, all my years well, four years, uh, in college, um, best teammate, we push each other. Um, and then the pros, I would say my favorite one would probably be, uh, Brian Milne or Orlando Ruff. Brian Milne. Actually, he played with me at Penn state. Um, he came out, um, he was our full, he was my fullback. Um, but then when I went to, uh, when I was at Cincinnati he got uh traded to Cincinnati for Indianapolis uh or a trader he he decided with Cincinnati. And so I had my boy had my buddy back and we were inseparable uh, for the couple of years I was there and then obviously I got injured and then I got released by the team. So I would say him and then Orlando Ruff was my uh teammate at when I my last team with the Saints and he used to play for the Chargers. I remember playing him against the Chargers and he was one of those linebacker like to talk junk and talk smack he's a, he was big <laughs> i first the uh new orleans he wanted to challenge me all the time on one-on-one pass pros but eventually uh you know we get we hung out a couple of times and say <laughs> he leaned up you know we actually became real good friends and uh so i know that's a long-winded answer but uh, there's so many memories of so many guys on different uh, at, dif- at different levels, so it's really hard to say just one.
2: Absolutely,
0: well, Kajana, I really appreciate you joining us today. Any final thoughts for any college kids listening, or anybody? Any advice on entrepreneurship, on on just life in general?
1: Oh, I mean, life. I mean, obviously life in general is just you know what, be passionate in whatever whatever you want to do, um, and whatever you do, do it a hundred percent. I don't care if it, if you want to be a now I know it's now it's like if somebody want to be a YouTuber or you want to be a doctor or you want to be a uh, a radio disc jockey or you whatever you want to do put 100 percent in it and uh, and don't let nobody tell you that you can't achieve your dreams because first like me they I always say hey that odds of you of you being a professional player was no one percent of one percent say okay well i want to be that one percent of that one percent i want to make it
2: absolutely you
1: know so always put your mind to it and and whatever you do also put god put god first and and have him with you because if you do that he's going to be with you every step of the way
0: definitely thank you so much again kajana for joining us i really appreciate it this has been another episode of sports power talk overtime i am your host logan congrove and thank you again for joining us